What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. I am uh, just in from the barbershop. Got my uh, my fresh fade. Check it out. I got my hard part right there. Boom, boom. Looking nice and tight. Uh, I need to shave, though. Need to shave. And, you know, now I got to get a little bit of sun <laughs> on my head. All right, uh, man, we're, let's get right into this, guys. So um, phone lines are open if you want to call in. You know, anything goes on uh, Friday's show. It's it's my channel, so um, we can get right into phone calls and everything else. Um, so Canelo Alvarez and uh, Caleb Plant just weighed in. Caleb Plant came in at 167, right under the um, super middleweight Limit and Canelo Alvarez came in at 168. There was really nothing to speak of, uh, you know, in terms of like craziness or shenanigans at the weigh-in. It was pretty professional. Mike Tice was there, so they got a soundbite from him. I really couldn't see the crowd. Uh, I didn't catch the crowd, and I, I don't know. I've been asking around. So if any of you guys were there or you know someone that was there, please call in or, or get on the chat and let me know uh, how the uh, crowd was in comparison to other recent Canelo fights. Because th- my thing this week, guys, is um, there have been people on Twitter and such talking about how this is a huge fight. This is a really, really big fight. I don't know if it's that big of a fight. I, I think that, you know, in terms of the opponent level, I, I understand that it's a completely, uh, you know, it's undisputed. It's all four belts. I get all that. But Honestly, is this fight bigger than like to me? I look at this like when Bud Crawford fought Julius and Dongo, it was a complete unification, completely unified the 140 pound division. But I kind of look at Caleb Plant as Julius and Dongo, that's kind of how I see him. And at the time, uh, a lot of people considered Terrence Crawford the best fighter in the world, pound for pound, or at least among the top fighters in the world, pound for pound. Now, since he's gotten to welterweight. His career stalled a little bit, but remember, this was at 140, and he cleaned out 140 against Ndongo, and he did it in pretty dominant fashion. Uh, Ndongo had been in a pretty good run and came in with a couple belts. Remember remember that, guys. Uh, Plant just coming in with one, kind of won the sweepstakes here, the Canelo sweepstakes, cashed out, kind of won the lottery with that belt. Um, it kind of sat on the belt for a few years and then won the Canelo sweepstakes lottery. But when I look at this fight in a historical way, significance-wise, I kind of see this as a replay of Terrence Crawford, Julius Ndongo. So you guys tell me, am, am I wrong? Because I just, Caleb Plant isn't this big star that some people are trying to make him out to be. Um, no, no one, like most of the people that are going to know Caleb Plant after tomorrow night had no idea who he was a year ago. Let's let's be real. Let's let's be honest, Okay. Kind of like Julius Ndongo with Terrence Crawford. Now, obviously, Canelo Alvarez is a much bigger star than Terrence Crawford. But I'm saying in boxing diehard terms, is this really a bigger fight than that was? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> Sam in the chat says, Plant has to be better than Ndongo. Eh, maybe. I think, you know, I test-wise, yes, I think so. But is he more proven than Ndongo? No. I'm going to pull up Julius Ndongo's resume because I know that this this um, comparison is going to be seen as controversial by a lot of people. And I don't want people to take it the wrong way. But, I mean, let's remember, Ndongo on the road in Russia, in Russia won a his first belt 
off of uh, Troyanovsky. Now, Troyanovsky wasn't very good, but he won that belt. And then in his very next fight, he unifies in again on the road in the UK, in England. I think it was in England. Uh, against Ricky Burns. Actually, yeah, that, I don't, that was in Scotland. It was in Scotland against Ricky Burns, right? So, so Russia, Scotland to grab two belts. Now, the guys he beat, Troyanovsky and Burns, weren't very good, but they're they're just as good as the guys Caleb Plant has fought. And he did it on the road. Plant did it at home as one title. Uh, and then he goes right from those that unification fight right into another full unification with Terrence Crawford. So um, that was an impressive run. And now Crawford mopped a flow with him. And, and we've seen since then, okay, because I'm looking here, since that loss to Crawford, um, Indongo has lost three of his last four. If you include the Crawford fight, he's lost four of his last five. So obviously Julius Indongo is not on that level, right? But I, I don't really think there's an argument. He came into that fight against Terrence Crawford, just as proven as Caleb Plant, if not more proven than Caleb Plant. And it was a you know complete domination, completely one-sided in terms of the uh, betting. Actually, the odds for Crawford and Dongo were not as wide as the odds are for Canelo Plant. So all things considered, guys, I'm just telling you as a boxing lifer, as a boxing diehard kind of guy, I look at this fight, again, I'll say it for the third time, as a replay another version of Crawford and Dongo. Now, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe tomorrow night in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden Arena, Caleb Plant will show us a level he's never shown us before. It's possible. It's very, very possible. By the way, quick uh, quick interruption here. I, I got to remind you guys, uh, we still got MOBTs. All right? And I actually just ordered some more of the small sizes because we uh, sold them all out. So I got a bunch of MOBTs. Here's the white one where you got the three-color, uh, well, the two-color logo, the red and the black with the white shirt. And then um, I just want to show you guys a couple of these. And I love this one, the baby blue right here. Baby blue is dope with just the white logo, baby blue. And then we got a bunch of different colors. You guys have seen them. But, man, if you want to pick up an MOBT, we still got some. In fact, like I said, I just ordered some more. So, um, it's really easy to do it if you just want to order it on your phone. This video that you're watching right now in the upper right-hand corner, where right, right there, <laughs> there is a Venmo. Uh, I don't know what the hell it's called. Venmo something that you scan, a Venmo scanner. Scan that shit with your phone. Boom. A request pops up. And all you got to do is hit us up and say that you want a shirt. What color? What size? If you want one of them, you want two of them. We'll sell one of them for 25, two of them for 40. Every dime I get from the t-shirts goes right back into equipment for the show. Whether it be all the software that I got going for the phones. Remember, I got toll-free phone line, not here, not just here in the United States, but the toll-free line in the UK, right? And then I have software to get all that together. I got mixers. I got several monitors here. I got lights, microphone, all this stuff, okay? So any dime I get from this stuff, I put right back into the studio setup for you guys. So uh, just, you know, if you guys are interested in a shirt, check, you know, you can scan that or email me, MonteroOnBoxing at gmail.com. That's it, all right? Okay, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Cowster the chat says, uh, is this one of the weakest unifications or was Bud's weaker? Time will only tell. Time will only tell. Because, you know, you guys got to remember, Bud started at 135. 
He moved up to 140. So he did move up in weight to unify 140. Uh, Canelo, technically, I think he had a fight or two maybe at welterweight, but he was a teenager. I mean, as an adult, he started his career at 154. This is at 168. So you could argue in that sense it's more impressive. You can also make the argument that Bud has never failed a drug test and Canelo has. So we could throw that in there. But is this is the quality of opposition here better or worse than Terrence Crawford's? Um, I don't know, man. I, that like we still haven't seen. We we really don't know. I mean, Callum Smith just had an impressive uh, win in his last fight, so that helped. I think Crawford's. Or, I'm sorry, Canelo's cause unifying 168 looked better. But what you know, look, I'm looking back here at uh, Terrence Crawford's run at 140. He stopped Thomas Delorme. Uh, Thomas Delorme with only one loss, uh, and that was early in his career. So he really was the first guy to decisively defeat Thomas Delorme. I'm not saying that's a fantastic accomplishment, but it's up there. But this win over Victor Postal, who he pretty much shut out, I think that's an underrated win. I really, really do. Uh, he, he beat down John Molina. That's a quality win. The, the Julius Ndonga win is big because he unified all the belts. But, yeah, that run at 140 was not very special compared to what, you know, uh, Taylor Ramirez, Progray, the division they're fighting in now. Uh, that was just a weak division. I do think that the postal win is, was a good win for Crawford. But that's pretty weak, man. That, that is pretty weak. Uh, for Canelo, you know, he's not traveling. I mean, yeah, he's fighting in America, and technically he's Mexican, but – Vegas, Texas, Florida, this is basically like down the street, if you will, you know, symbolically from Mexico. So he's not leaving North America. So he's he's fighting at home where he has all the advantages. And he's, he's forcing these guys to travel to him. Um, and I think he's just light years better than the guys he's fighting. I've said this a million times, and I'll continue to say it. Um, the, the best challenge right now at 168 for Canelo is probably Benavidez. And I think an even bigger challenge than him would be Bevel if Bevel moved down to 168, which he says he would do for a Canelo fight. But he's not going to vacate his title and move down to 168 just because. He's only going to do it if there's a, a Canelo fight involved. But I think uh, fights against Benavidez or Bevel, and especially Baturbiev, but of course that'd be at 75, are all way, way bigger challenges than Caleb Plants, Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders. And at 160, I still think an ancient, old version, however you want to put it, of Gennady Golovkin is still a bigger challenge than all these guys. And stylistically, I would bet that even Demetrius Andrade and Jamal Charlo are bigger challenges. Maybe not by much, but slightly bigger challenges, slightly tougher challenges than somebody like Caleb Plant. But once again, I could be proven wrong. I could be proven wrong tomorrow night. You know, it certainly wouldn't be the first time. Uh, Kouster says that the Victor Postal win was better than any of Canelo's 168 wins. I completely agree on that. 100% completely agree. That win is criminally underrated by a lot of American fight fans and, and, and media. Um, but who had a better win? So if, if you look at Crawford's best win at 140 and Canelo's best win at 168, which is going to be Caleb Plant tomorrow, or Sunday morning, I should say, because it probably won't be till Sunday morning here in the East Coast. Um, that's his best win at 168, right? Crawford beating Postal is just a better win than Canelo beating Plant. It just is. 
right? If you look at what Postal did uh, going into the Crawford fight, way more proven than Plant is. And if you look at his record after that, he's had some good fights. He's come up short a couple times, you know, but he's um, no one, no one has dominated Victor Postal the way Terrence Crawford did. And I think that's he really showed levels in that fight. It was a boring fight. It was a boring, it wasn't scintillating TV. Um, but yeah. Sam says, uh, Terrence by knockout was always a good bet. Postal was the last to go the distance. Good point. Good point. And by the way, I think Terrence Crawford is going to knock out uh, Sean Porter. I actually think he's going to stop him. Aaron says, I ordered a charcoal MOBT, but shipping to Australia was too expensive. Yeah, man. I remember you, Aaron. Uh, we, we tried, man. I, I went to the post office. I waited like several weeks and I went a couple different times. I actually went three different times. And the last time we went, it, they wanted like $100 to ship it to Australia. And I'm like, it's a t-shirt. It weighs like not even a pound, $100. And they just told me it was going on in your country. We talked a little bit about that last Friday on my channel. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. But uh, what's going on over there is fucking crazy. Just, just, just crazy. And because of that, they wanted to charge me $100. <clears throat> Costa Chat says, uh, I can vouch uh, and say the T-shirts are comfy, good quality. Yeah, man. Spent a little extra cash to get the nicer uh, fabric. They are comfortable. I pretty much wear them all the time. Because, <laughs> so, you know, I've got like five, six different colors or whatever. So I wear them around the house all the time. When, when me and Tiffany, my wife, finally go out for dinner and I'm putting on like a different shirt. She goes, wow, you're wearing slacks and like a, a button up shirt. You're not wearing your MOB tees. Holy shit. That's all I see you in now. They're comfortable. What can I say? Uh, Joseph Perez said, missed weight. I would think he's got discipline problem. No, who missed weight? No one missed weight that I heard of. Well, if somebody missed weight, let me know guys. Um, to be honest, I didn't watch the weigh in. Uh, seriously. I, I was getting my hair cut. I, um, I looked on Twitter, looked at the videos Showtime posted and all that, and um, it looked like everybody made weight, no problem. <clears throat> oh, our first super chat. We got a super chat from OJ22. Thank you so much, OJ. He says, Plant has been fighting C-level opposition. Canelo is a huge step up. This fight will tell us who Plant is. Yes, indeed. And look, again, Plant might show us something. He might show us he's this guy that, we just don't think he is. Um, and it would be, it'd really be something, you know, but think about it, guys. 90% of the time when you see matchups like this, they go the way it's supposed to go. They, they go the way that you think it's going to go like on paper, right? Um, experience matters and, and, and who you fight as you get built up and everything, all that matters. And the PBC there, you, PBC does certain things very, very well, okay, for their fighters. They, they do. But one thing that they are just not very good at is building up their fighters to be able to fight the absolute best opposition. By comparison, if you look at how top rank built Shakur Stevenson and groomed him into that fight with Jamel Herring to where it wasn't just a W for Stevenson, it was like a coming out party, right? He really put uh, the boxing world on, on, on notice with that performance. Now, diehard fan, we, we knew who Stevenson was because he you know came out of the Olympics and everything. But I told you guys, when he came out of the Olympics, he looked awkward. He looked uh, unsteady on his legs. He had Bambi legs, as I call them. Didn't have his man strength. And it just, he, 
was completely looked over because a lot of people are talking about the, the big four, the fab four, right? Tifima Lopez, um, uh, Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, and Devin Haney. And people were not including Stevenson. Now, for the record, I did. I called them the Fab Five. I wrote an article earlier this year in Ring Magazine about the Fab Five. And um, that kind of slipped under the radar. You know, now everyone's, oh, Stevenson. Some of us were paying attention before. But anyway, top rank groomed him, right? Got him a title at 26, moves up. Now he's got a title at 30. They also groomed Oscar Valdez, groomed him into that fight with Miguel Burchelt. I told all of you that uh, he was going to beat Burchelt, right? I told all of you guys that. And Top Rank knew that too. Um, you know, Jamel Herring's my boy, and I, I really was pulling for him to beat Stevenson. But in 2020 hindsight, obviously, we all kind of knew Stevenson was, was groomed to win that fight. But now... Both of those guys, Stevenson and Valdez, have been groomed so well. Titles at 26, titles at 30. They, they will fight each other eventually at 30. When that happens, the winner of that fight is going to be in the top 10 pound for pound because of what they had proven. Because they'll be unified title holders and a lineal ring magazine champion at 130. Um, so, so they're just going to be, in terms of accomplishments, ahead of guys like Javante Davis. And I, I, I state all this. To bring it full circle back to Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant, has he at all been prepared for this? I, you know, I can't feel bad for him because he's about to make a ton of money, you know, way, way, way more money than he's worth in the marketplace. Like probably five, maybe 10 times as much as he's truly worth in the actual marketplace, the under the capitalist system, right? And he's getting overpaid because. Him and his team negotiated that. So, so PBC took care of him in that regard. And that's what I say PBC is very good at doing. They get their fighters paid. They get their fighters overpaid, oftentimes to the detriment of fans and the state of American boxing, uh, the continued minimalization of American boxing in the mainstream. But in this instance, I got to say, Kayla Plant is now part of the mainstream. He's going up against the man. He's going up against the guy. Canelo Alvarez, right? But is he prepared? We'll find out tomorrow night. Maybe maybe PBC and, and everybody involved just knew, hey, man, keep the title in this guy's hands, hands because he's got enough to beat Canelo. Maybe we'll be shocked tomorrow night. But you guys know and I know that most of the time when we're looking at situations like this, we're pretty much going to see Canelo win a, a pretty dominant win a pretty dominant one-sided performance and we're gonna go yeah yeah pretty much went the way i thought you know some of you that think it's going to be a second round third round knockout i think you'll be surprised i actually think this fight's going rounds wouldn't surprise me if it went to distance wouldn't surprise me if this fight ended up looking a little bit like the danny jacobs fight i've been thinking about this um in terms of body size in terms of height length build I'm trying to think of the guys that Canelo Alvarez has fought, specifically at 68, that are close, are similar to Caleb Plant. And the guy that's the closest, if you look at height, reach, all that, and just the way he's built, is Jacobs. And now Jacobs is a really, really good, 
proven fighter. All right. He, he's a top, you know, I think he's an A level prize fighter. Maybe not now, maybe not today, but at his best, he was. And he proved that against Canelo by going rounds. He proved that against Triple G. But, you know, both those fights, he goes to distance. He loses, but he goes to distance, right? Gets dropped by Triple G, but never got dropped by Canelo. It, it was competitive enough to win a few rounds. I think we might see that in this fight. Maybe Caleb Plant will show us just enough to kind of do what Danny Jacobs did against Canelo. And, and to be clear, Danny Jacobs, you know, probably a little bit past his best going up against Canelo when that happened because um, he had already, you know, lost to, to Golovkin and he, he, he got a ton of money in that fight. He had been fed really well. So maybe the hunger wasn't 100% there when he fought Canelo. Uh, and that was a huge, huge payday for him. You know, life-changing money. You know what I'm saying? But um, I, I do, you know, part of me thinks perhaps this fight ends up looking like Canelo's fight with Danny Jacobs. Not exactly, of course, because the styles aren't exact. But just in terms of the pace it's fought at, which I hate to break it to you guys, this isn't going to be the most exciting fight you've ever seen. This isn't going to be you know, uh, uh, Fury Wilder three, like I'm, I'm not predicting that. Um, I think more than likely you could see a systematic breakdown from Canelo. You could see plant run and hold and, and grapple all day and possibly get stopped late, possibly do enough to survive and go the distance. And that one judge, uh, Patricia Morse Jarman, whatever the hell her name is, um, will probably score it way too close for plant. And the other two judges will have it wide for Canelo. You can see something like that happening. Let's see. Uh, OJ says, uh, lots of feints and posturing. Yeah, lots of feints and posturing. Um, and then I think in the second half of the fight, you will see Canelo start to come in a little bit more and go for the body. My question is, um, he'll go for the body early too as well. But I think Plant will actually make a miss. Can Plant actually make Canelo miss, though, in the middle and late rounds? Can he keep it up? Because at some point, to get a guy to stop stalking you, you have to, like, plant your feet, put your ass into a hard shot, and nail a dude just to let him know, hey, man, I'm still here. You can't just walk in here and just blast me like I'm a heavy bag. There's going to be some resistance. You're going to catch some return fire. And guys like um, Callum Smith, uh, but especially like Billy Joe Saunders, they just weren't able to do that. Callum Smith, to his credit, now he took, there was some hard rounds later in that fight, maybe some 10-8 rounds, but Callum Smith was able to just uh, do just enough to uh, keep Canelo off of him to where he was able to, to survive. But he's also like 6'3". He's almost my height. He's an inch shorter than me. Uh, Plant's not th quite that tall. Again, he's closer in build to Danny Jacobs. Uh, Jacobs did go the distance, but Jacobs had way more experience and it, it was way more proven is probably just a better fighter than Caleb plant. So, you know, in the end, I, this fight's really, really starting to get broken down and dissected. There's a million previews and prediction videos I'm seeing out there and stuff. And it's interesting to me because I, again, for those of you just getting on the, the chat here, I see this as the 168-pound version, the Caucasian version of the Crawford and Dongo fight a few years ago at 140. 
It's a complete unification of the titles, but it's a completely one-sided mismatch between one guy who truly is a generational kind of talent and another guy who's kind of won the lottery and, and come, you know, the only difference is in Dongo actually came into that fight with Crawford with two titles. Plant's just been hanging out, holding on to one title. And Dongo had to go on the road and, and be the road master, the road warrior to grab his titles and, and plant, you know, has had opportunities to unify with other PBC fighters and his management just didn't make those fights happen uh, because again, they, they were kind of waiting out uh, playing the waiting game. That's just kind of what they do over there. So that's how I see this. That's how I see this. Anto Peaks says uh, 90% Canelo win for sure, but imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much how everybody sees this. Everyone's like, you know, you just never know in a boxing ring. And with, with plant, we don't know because we haven't seen him in there against an elite fighter. And don't tell me it was Katagi is an elite level fighter. He's not, I don't care what the brass over at PBC tells you, not an elite fighter. So good fighter, quality B level fighter, but not an elite fighter. So we haven't seen plant in there. And maybe plant just has something that we just all, you know, it just took someone like Canelo to bring it out of him. Probably not. <laughs> and that 90%, bro, you could probably make that 99%. Look at the odds for this fight, man. Mitch Pryor asked, uh, how wasted will Kovalev be while watching this fight? How wasted is Kovalev right now just hanging out? Probably pretty wasted. I hope not. I hope not. I hope he can clean up his act and uh, put down the vodka, the Russian vodka. <clears throat> OJ says, Plant needs to get his respect early if he wants to make it a fight. I concur. I think that he's got to, right in that first or second round, again, Plant needs to plant his feet and throw some hard shots, man, and just let this dude know what's up. Uh, also, if I'm Plant, I'm not aiming for the head. Canelo is the best head movement in the game. I'm punching up with uppercuts, 45s, or I'm doing an overhand right that I can chop down at the top of the head. But if I'm playing, I'm throwing some hard-ass shots to the ribs, to the chest, and to, to the shoulders of Cadello Alvarez. Force him to cover up and eat those hard shots. Look, when you cover up and you catch shots on your gloves, it protects your hands, it protects your body. But round after round of that from a bigger guy punching down on you, your arms will get tired, you know? So can Plant do that? Have we ever seen Plant do anything like that? No, we just haven't, guys. There's, there's nothing I've seen Plant do that makes me think he's going to win this fight. And it was the same thing with Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, people were like, Billy Joe Saunders has the best chance to beat Canelo. He has the, the, the best style to beat him. And I'm like, yeah, against guys like Lemieux, against a washed-up, faded version of David Lemieux, sure. But against an elite-level fighter, we don't know because he's never done it against an elite-level fighter. So Caleb Plant has shown pretty good legs, but look who he's been in there with. Is he going to have those kinds of legs against Canelo? Come on, man. CJ Duncan with the Super Chat. What's up, CJ? Thank you so much, man. He says, payday, payday. They all want payday. Nello, TKO10. Smash that like button, folks. All right, yeah, I pretty much see it the same way.
Although you never know, Plant might show us something and, and be able to smother and cover enough to go the distance. But I tend to see this as uh, either way, late knockout for Canelo. Maybe it goes uh, to the cards. And it'll be hilarious if it goes to the cards. And again, if one of the judges has it like 115, 113 or something, I'll laugh my ass off. Oh, shit. Kouster says Eminem versus Louis C.K. this weekend. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Okay. That, that, that might be the comment of the show right there. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. Yeah, there's a lot of different uh, trolling you could add to this fight. <clears throat> oh, man, that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Aaron says, holy hell, just saw the other card. Looks like total ass. Yeah, guys, don't even watch the undercard. Like, seriously. Go out, you know, order the pay-per-view if you're going to order the pay-per-view. By all means, you know what I'm saying? If you want to support this thing and, you know, buy the pay-per-view, cool. But you could. this is one where you can literally order the pay-per-view, right? So, say you're on the East Coast, right? The pay-per-view is going to start around 9 o'clock. So order the pay-per-view. Go out to dinner with your girlfriend, your wife, whatever. Your boys, if you're single, go out with your boys and go have dinner. Take your time. Have a few drinks. Fuck, go see a movie. Do people still go see movies? Go see a movie. Just be home by like 1130. That's all. You Just be home by like 1130 for the main event because this undercard is a fucking waste of time. I'm, I'm not watching it. Like, seriously. That's not to diss any of the fighters fighting on the undercard. If I were fighting on this undercard... I'd be excited as hell. I'd be honored. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it'd be just to fight on the Canelo Alvarez undercard for these young for these young guys. That's a big deal. I understand all that. But damn, this is shit. For, for a pay-per-view? Whew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, SPT Woody asks, who are your top 10 heavyweights of all time? You know, man, it's it's hard to do lists like that live because I, I like to think about it, right? Because you're giving me a specific number. Now, my top heavyweights of all time, just not in any particular order, just naming guys, um, I, I think Joe Lewis is number one. He's my number one of all time. I think then there's Ali. Then there's Holmes. Um, to me, those are probably the top three right? Then you can start adding in these other guys. Uh, Lennox Lewis is up there. George Foreman's up there. Then there's like this, this, up this next tier. And then, then you start thinking about, I'm not thinking about head to head comparison. Okay. Uh, Cause head to head, um, let's be honest. There are super middleweights right now that could beat heavyweight champions from a hundred years ago. It, it, that just, it is what it is, right? Uh, Rocky Barciano, if you will, if he was fighting now, the rock would probably have started his career. He'd be a prospect at super middleweight. And then he'd fight at, he'd maybe settle eventually at cruiserweight, maybe, but could probably make light heavyweight for his whole career if he were fighting today. But based on what he did in this time, I put Marciano in the top 10. Uh, it cracks me up when people are like, Rocky Marciano's overrated, and he was a mafia-protected fighter. Yeah, because that's not fucking racist. But Mike Tyson is the greatest heavyweight ever. Compare Mike Tyson's resume and Rocky Marciano's. Compare them. And really, really break that shit down. And you tell me who had a better resume. Seriously, who had a better resume? Who, who, uh, who beat, who actually beat 
more Hall of Famers, and then get back to me. Anyway, um, I don't put Tyson in my top 10. He's just outside of it. I put Evander Holyfield in my top 10. Uh, Joe Frazier goes back and forth. Sometimes he's in my top 10. Sometimes he's just outside of it. Uh, but so, you know, so there, I don't know, maybe there's seven or eight guys, but for me to actually give you a top 10, uh, that, you know, I got to really think about that. Michael Mendiola in the chat. He says, I'm going out on a limb here. Plant by split decision. Holy shit. Look, you called it. You're the only one, like literally the only one who was called it for plant, uh, officially on the record right here. So, um, and Aaron says plant by split decision would be incredible. Now here's the thing. Could we see some shenanigans? Could we see some shadiness and plant get the split decision? I don't know. I don't know about that. Nine, 99% of the time, fuck that, 99.999% of the time, COVID survival rate percent of the time, okay? <laughs> the, the A side, the A++++ side in this case, gets the benefit of the doubt from the judges. So, what benefit is there to Caleb Plant winning by split decision? If you're that conspiracy theory guy, and, and I'm not saying you are Mindiola, you're just you're just picking at it outright. I get that, but there are going to be people out there that would say, "Oh man, this is all preordained, and the system wants Plant to win so they could do a rematch, and that'd be huge." Listen, if Caleb Plant wins this fight by split decision. A rematch next year between Canelo and Plant still is not as big of a fight as a third fight between Golovkin and Canelo, commercially, globally, okay? You guys got to understand, Caleb Plant is not a brand. It just would not make sense for any kind of shenanigans like that to happen. Uh, I just I just do not see it. Watch him win by split decision now. <clears throat> Mignola says, that's exactly my point, Big Mike. Yeah, I hear you, man. Kouster says, uh, what? Kouster says, Tim Bradley versus Pacquiao vibes. Hey, there was a case. That was an instance where the B minus side to the A plus 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 side got the decision. Now, Tim Bradley was a bigger brand than Caleb Plant, much more proven fighter, much better fighter. But, um, you know, I, I've heard some things about that night, guys, and I won't go into too many details. I can't say certain things on the record, but what I'll say on the record is Pacquiao pissed off the judges and the, the commission people that night because he got there late, took his time, and they were punishing him. That's They, they were grumpy. Um, that's all I can really say on the record. There's some more things I know that I've been told off the record related to that fight, but he, um, he upset some people and they were grumpy and were in a bad mood when they scored that fight. I'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> Let's see. Paul says most of Rocky's opponents started at middleweight, right? But how much did Rocky weigh? 175? Uh, fights between middleweights and heavyweights happened a lot in that era. Not uncommon. Not uncommon. Uh, Khan fought for the heavyweight championship. A lot of guys did that moved up in weight like that. Was Khan at one point was, I think, a welterweight? So uh, that kind of thing happened all the time back in the day, man. Different era. Not like today. Not like today. <clears throat> Nacho says that Canelo is at his peak and Plant isn't. We don't know what the hell Plant's peak is. 
Plants Peak might have been a year ago. It might be three years from now. We don't know because he hasn't fought Dick. We, we just don't know. We don't know. But we do know that Canelo is absolutely in his peak as an athlete, I think as a grown man, as a boxer, as a superstar, all of it. He is at the peak of his powers. This is the pinnacle of his career right now. Let's see. Uh, Nacho says, different scenario. Bradley was in his prime and Manny was starting to decline. Okay, somewhat. There's a little bit of uh, Tiafima Lopez, Vasily Lomachenko going on maybe there. But I still think that clearly Pacquiao won that fight. I thought Pacquiao beat Bradley. And I like Bradley. I just thought he lost that fight. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Kufu Jitsu says people were smaller back then. They were still great fighters. Though. Exactly. Exactly. True that, true that. <clears throat> All right, guys. Um, I'll take a couple more here. Then I'm probably going to bounce. I'm building a smokeless fire pit in my backyard. Um, I drilled all the holes in the pan and now I got to get my construction adhesive and I got some high heat adhesive that can, uh, take temperatures up to 2000 degrees. I'm going to glue all the masonry and steel together and, uh, make this thing pretty indestructible. I got some concrete toppers I'm going to put on it. It's going to look dope. I'm going to tweet out some, uh, some pictures and videos when I'm all done with it. Built it from scratch. Every last brick of it. I wasn't going to go buy one of those damn kits. Fuck that. I'm going to do it myself. That's just how I do things, folks. Uh, Mitch says, HGTV. True story, guys. When uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave on this note. Not boxing related, but Mitch maybe remember. When uh, Tiffany and I moved here to Atlanta, uh, started renovating this house. We had just bought it. And a friend of a friend kind of a thing told us they knew a... Uh, there, there was a... I can't remember the name of the show, but it was a reality show coming out about... Uh, couples renovating homes and um and it was going to be like a different couple every week or something like that or i thought or like couples i think competing against each other for a whole season something like that i can't remember the exact storyline or whatever but the casting director in new york met me and tiff and loved us it was like oh my god you guys got to be on the show and we're like all right fuck it how much money do we get you know i was pretty and they were going to help pay for the renovations and we get money on top of it and stuff. But I, they, it turns out they wanted like a, a dumb guy who had no experience. So I think the point of the show is going to be that the couple was supposed to fight because the guy's supposed to be a bumbling idiot and screw everything up. So I didn't know that. And I go into the meeting and I'm like, oh yeah, I've, I've flipped a couple of houses or condos out in LA um, I helped my brother flip a property. You know, my dad can basically build a house with his bare hands. And so could so, so some of my uncles and I grew up around handymen and yeah, I do the work myself to save money. That's how I'm able to afford it. Cause if I was paying contractors, I couldn't do any of this stuff. And I just told them all this and they were like, damn, damn, damn. We loved you guys for the, you know, you guys were like this great couple and we think you'd be great on the show on TV and stuff, but we want complete novices and then i was like oh well pff, you know i am a novice and i tried to like pull it back <laughs> i tried to lie and it didn't work like by then the cat was out of the bag i was like shit so we could have got like this whole house basically the well the renovations of it uh paid for by a network i i, I can't say which network but um but yeah man we were this close to being cast on a reality show that to fix houses oh well 
I, sh- I wish I would have known earlier what they wanted. Yeah, I could have lied better. All right, guys. That's it for the Friday wrap-up. No calls. And see, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I, this is a big fight, but I don't think it's a huge fight. But let's see what happens Saturday. And then uh, I'm sure you guys will be calling me Monday on the neutral corner. So I'll see you Monday over on the Ring Digital YouTube. Uh, have a good night, guys. Enjoy the fight this weekend, everyone. And be safe. Uh, chill with your, your family, your friends. And um, I'll see you Monday. All right? Peace.